Welcome to the Davos in the Desert podcast series. My name is Mark Oliver and I am the producer of the Davos in the Desert podcast series. Our podcasts feature thought leaders in business and public policy. Our sessions are meant to be informative and thought-provoking. The topic of this session is the role of interim CFOs during acquisitions, and our guest is Earl Hopper. Earl Hopper is the president of Salt Trap Consulting. Without further ado, here is David Wanatik, the CEO of Davos in the Desert and the host of our podcast series. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Davos in the Desert. My name is David Wanatik. I'm the CEO of Davos in the Desert. Today, we have a session on the role of interim CFOs during acquisitions. Our guest today is Earl Hopper. Earl Hopper uh, has been a CFO and part-time CFO for about the last 15 years. He has a very strong and diversified background in uh, accounting issues, auditing issues, controller responsibilities, and uh, Earl is currently the president of Salt Trap Consulting. Earl, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So maybe just in a couple minutes, you can just tell us a little bit about the kinds of uh, companies that you served as CFO or interim CFO, the different industry sizes of companies. Sure. So um, if we can go back a little bit before that even, my um, first um, uh, entry into the business world, as I put it, other than working for a CPA firm, um, a little bit was with Scripps Newspapers. And um, they were about a $200, $250 million uh, company that merged with Scripps Howard, which was a $4 billion company. And I was a part of that process. I put the accounting together for the, um, the merger, worked with both sides to get... Um, a um, complete picture for the new company, the new owners, and, um, and just got a, a myriad of experience doing that from everything from the accounting side, the people side, the uh, reporting side, and the tax side. So it was, uh, it was, it was very good experience. Um, since then, I've been um, a CFO for, um, a company that did litigation support for the construction defect industry. And I was um, able to, in addition to my CFO duties, actually be part of the forensic accounting for um, those issues that would come up. So I I've been a part of uh, several cases um, in California um, that um, resulted in, in very nice returns for, uh, for the owners of those properties. Um, in addition to that, uh, as a part-time CFO, um, if I could give a little bit of a definition here, um, we talk about part-time CFOs or interim CFOs it kind of um, in the same breath, but they're different, they're different things. Um, and if I could, the part-time CFO, which I'm 
doing now for multiple clients is um, something that continues. In other words, um, I have a client, um, even though I wasn't a, a CFO at the time, but client since 1995, they just don't leave. Um, it's a continuing process and a continuing building of your, um, uh, of your trust and all of the things that go into uh, creating a, a good team. Um, the interim CFO, on the other hand, is a typically thought of as a short-term uh, project. So anywhere from six months to a couple of years where the CFO for the company either left or as you put it in your introduction, um, where the, um, the company has not had a CFO, but now there are transactional issues which they're obviously gonna need help with. And that's where an interim CFO uh, becomes invaluable. Even a team of, uh, of CFOs at that time, at that point. Okay, great. Um, so suppose that I am an owner of a mid-sized company. I really haven't had a, um, a CFO, certainly not a full-time one. Um, you know, I'm able to get by with my um, bookkeepers and maybe a controller and I have outside accountant and that's been fine for many many years but now that I'm looking to um, to sell my company um, I've heard about this uh, interim CFO position um, at what point should I give serious contemplation uh, or even start interviewing potential interim CFOs so the answer to that is, um, is twofold. Obviously, many C, uh, CEOs don't want to get into a relationship, especially one that is going to require uh, resources um, before they need it. And the, and the perceived need is when there's a transaction that's going to happen that they're going to need someone with a diverse background, someone with a background uh, who's overseen operations, who's overseen tax issues, reporting issues, uh, internal compensation issues, a lot of these things, but they don't feel like they need that ahead of the transactional um, situation, whatever that may be. Um, I recommend getting uh, an interim CFO in as soon as possible. In fact, I recommend using a part-time CFO even before you bring in the interim CFO because you're looking at a situation from my experience where the CEO and the CFO need to have a bond. They need to have a trust built between them. That doesn't happen overnight. It, uh, I would give it months. And in one, in one of my uh, uh, clients' cases, about a year and a half before we built that trust level where he finally said to me, what do we do now? And that just takes time. 
Um, so as soon as possible, where the CEO feels like he's getting the reporting internally that he needs from his um, accounting department, from the controller, um, but the controller, based on the job description, is limited to reporting. And some of that reporting is considered external reporting for the banks, for the IRS, and so forth. But there's an internal component to reporting, which is even more important many times for the CEO. So that's where um, a part-time or interim CEO can be very beneficial. Okay. Um, Green, yeah, I would like to add a couple of thoughts and you can agree or disagree with them, uh, but I'm an investment banker, so I know a, a little bit about um, doing transactions. Um, one of the important things for an investment banker and the acquirer is the willingness to sell, readiness to sell. Um, you know, good investment bankers are typically busy and to some extent they can choose their own clients. And um, of course, you know, the size of the company is important. The potential success fee is important. Um, you know, uh, confidence in being able to close the deal is important for an investment banker, but the seller's willingness and readiness to sell is very, very important. And if the seller um, hasn't made some effort, hasn't invested some resources, in yes. demonstrating that they are serious, there is a risk that the better investment bankers won't want to talk to them and the better acquirers too. You know, they're gonna say, you know, due diligence is hard, it's frustrating, it takes a long time, it's expensive on both sides. And, you know, acquirers might say, I don't really want to engage in a discussion with this company because they haven't demonstrated that they're serious about selling. They haven't hired an interim CFO for one thing. And because of that, a lot of the due diligence is going to be very, very hard to conduct because the CFO hasn't gotten into the financial records and organized a, a data room. And it's just going to be a mess. So not sure we even want to really engage with this company at all. Yeah, so true. And, and I've been in several situations like that where um, funding didn't happen because the client wasn't ready. They didn't want to, uh, to, to pay for it. <laughs> they didn't want to allocate the resources to make it happen. And it's too bad because, um, yes, it is, it, it is time consuming and therefore costly. But the value of that is tremendous. And it's not just for the potential a transaction, the sale uh, or, or acquisition that may occur. It's also important for the CEO to understand the value of their company and to make a couple of what seem very simple and straightforward decisions. What do you want to do? And if you when you ask people that, they, they kind of stop and say, well, uh, successful, but no, you have to define what that is 
and then create a scenario um, through the reporting and through your operations that prove it. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and just another issue is that, uh, you know, of course the CFO will charge a fee and there's, there's some costs associated with that, um, but the cost could actually be saved in the long run. A CFO could start um, maybe taking a, a review of some of the financials or, you know, getting an accounting firm to review some of the financials a year before the sale or six months before the sale. If you wait until, you know, you're in negotiations and you try to find an accounting firm that will do, do a review of your financials or an audit, the costs are going to be maybe threefold what they normally would be. Um, so, so there are some cost savings as far as uh, thinking ahead. Okay. Uh, so let's say that I now believe that I do need an interim CFO um, and I've received three referrals. How, how should I determine which interim CFO is the best one for me? Well, that, that comes in a couple of parts. So the first part of that is what is the connection? Um, is there a level of trust and respect between the, C the CEO and the CFO. That's going to be um, a big thing. And, and for the most part, it's true of any uh, big hiring uh, question or, or decision. The next part is what is the strength of the person that you're trying to bring in? Um, and it's as varied as, as any other profession. You can get um, someone who has experience in a, in a very um, concise area, and then someone who has vast experience. Now, typically CFOs have experience throughout the range of the company, and they understand that there are four pillars in every company. And, the, and they have experience in each of those pillars, which is the people, the uh, IT reporting facet, marketing, and they will take every area of that for those four pillars and have worked with it at some point in their career. And they're able to make recommendations they're able to improve reporting by pointing out things that can be improved, by improving just the information that comes out. So, um, so it's a very um, um, it, way of, of gathering the right information about your particular situation. Now, if you're moving into a sale uh, of your business, for example, um, you'll want someone who probably has had some experience in that process because it is different than just running a company day to day. So that may be a, a factor and it may not be exclusive, but I would look at it. Uh, I would look for someone who has at least touched that at some point in their career. Um, and then I, I think there's another factor, which is just someone who can, 
who you can depend on to give you or at least listen to you as the CEO um, what's happening and make some uh, reasonable advice on, on the situation for you. Okay, so it seems like uh, a couple of different elements. Um, uh, you have to be very clear about what the mission of the CEO is. Uh, yes. it, it, it's, is it to raise capital? Is it to make acquisitions? Is it to sell the company? Um, uh, and then make sure the CFO is aligned with that. They have some background in that. Uh, maybe some of the right industry experience, size of company experience. Um, uh, and then you made a good point. You know, you need to start the engagement relatively early so you can see if the CFO and the CEO bond. Uh, right. that's, that's important. Um, okay. Um, how should a uh, interim CFO be compensated? So that's... Um... That's kind of up for negotiation as well. I mean, typically, if you have a large consulting company come in, they probably have a fixed fee uh, in terms of an hourly rate that they will charge for their consulting group. And that may include two or three or a half a dozen people for a given assignment. Um, if you have a smaller group, you may be able to negotiate an hourly rate plus some kind of a bonus or, or um, payout at the end of an event. And um, so that's very possible and that's happened. Um, I, I've seen that in both situations. Okay. Um, how important is it that uh the CFO and the CEO uh, actually spend time in the same office. And, you know, before the pandemic, it was maybe a more clear question, um, but um, can a CFO, an interim CFO work solely remotely, or is it important that if there is an office that people go to, that the uh, CFO actually physically um, spend some time in that office? Well, I'm, I'm a little older, so I, uh, I think face-to-face -face is invaluable. Um, yes, uh, much of what I do now is, um, you know, is via the phone, and we don't meet face-to-face -face every day or every week, but in the beginning, we had our time together. Um, it's important to understand the little nuances of, of, your, of your client's personality and, and vice versa. Um, I have a, a terrible sense of humor that I'm not afraid to use, and people need to get to know that a little bit um, as an example. But there needs to be that time together to understand one another because the CEO is counting on this person, the CFO, to give them advice at whatever level. And there, there's, you have to be able to say, okay, I, I buy that. I, I, think, I think that makes sense. I think that's a really good point. Um, I think, and you can differ if you like, but I think it is important that a CFO or interim CFO not be a yes man. 
um, you know, not be afraid to um, provide an alternative uh, yes. to make a suggestion or recommendation or sometimes be more even adamant than that and, 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 and just say that you know, I, I think it's a terrible decision. Um, sometimes you have to be that direct to, you know, cause the CEO to rethink his, his policies. Um, but I think there's a lot of value. And I think that that goes back to your earlier point that you need to create the relationship early on because it takes time. And, you know, most people um, wouldn't feel comfortable telling a CEO you're wrong the first day uh, on the right. job. Uh, it just takes a relationship to, uh, to give the CEO confidence to listen to you. Um, right. Yeah, I, I think that's that's perfect way to put it. Um, okay, any specific um, areas you want to talk about as far as how interim CFOs can add value, you know, in terms of controller issues or raising capital or or making acquisitions or affecting an exit? I think the first um, thing that I would point out based on my experience is that um, the CEO has a, a vision, a, a, an idea of where they want to take a company. But as with any situation in life, you're in the CEO's perspective, they're right on top of the situation. They're taking care of it every day. So one of the things that I try to do is, again, I look at the pillars of the business. What is not working properly? What is the thing that we need to figure out to make the business better? And then I, I have, well, you can come up with a list of five or, or, or 20 things with any given company that need to be worked on. And I try to pick two or three things that I then share and I keep harping on uh, because I think they're important. And I try to get the buy-in of the CEO to take steps in the direction of, of doing something about it. And I'll give you a, an example if it's okay. I, um, this um, a client that I had, he, um, I, I approached him uh, at lunch one day and said, uh, are you interested in growing? Because you're not spending much on marketing. You're not making efforts in that area. So what, are you interested in just having a job until your exit? <laughs> and so over the next probably three months, we would have lunch every so often. And by the third or fourth month, he said, I'm, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to commit to whatever we need to do to make this happen. Since that time, that was about a year and a half ago, um, it, well, even two years ago, but we've acquired two other businesses and rolled them into the, the parent company, I'll call it at this point. 
and we've seen tremendous success. I mean, we've gone from probably 5 million in sales to 15 million in sales over that time. And so it's, it's pretty exciting and impressive and we're nowhere near stopping. Okay. Um, just one other thing I'd like to say again, feel free to uh, take issue. Um, I, I think a, a good uh, interim CFO is not afraid to delegate. Um, you know, there are situations, we covered a lot, a lot of things the interim CFO could be tasked with, everything from controller issues, operational issues, capital raising issues, making acquisitions, selling divisions. Um, you know, that's a lot. Um, and nobody can do everything themselves. And I think a good interim CFO would recognize that and say, um, you know, we need to bring a big accounting firm in to do some financial due diligence on this potential acquisition or um, a, a technology consultant to evaluate the technology the target company has. And, um, you know, some things, I think a good interim CFO would just say, I'd rather, you know, not work these eight hours and just have somebody else, you know, that can do a better job, pay, pay them that money. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's so important for that interim person and I've, I've always felt this, that one of my prime responsibilities is to introduce resources to the CEO. So if it's, if it's attorneys, if it's um, an accounting firm, if it's marketing, if it's operations, computers, whatever it is, I believe that it's my responsibility to have those contacts in mind that I can provide to the CEO to, to provide that assistance. Yeah, I think it's extremely important. Um, how can an interim CFO juggle multiple clients? So, you know, I, I'd imagine that uh, people like you sometimes have more than one client at the same time. How do you, how do you juggle that? Um, hopefully very well. Um, the, the, I guess the answer to that is that um, you, you have to determine what the need for the client is going to be. Um, I, I've had one situation over the last five years where I had to spend um, almost exclusively about nine months of my time. And I was able to do that, but it was costly in that I had to work um, evenings and weekends to get my work done. But sometimes you have to commit a certain amount of, uh, of time to a given client and there's, there's just no way around it. So yes, it is juggling and um, it can be done. One way to deal with that is to have an associate that can help. Um, I have two C CFOs um, that I work with that are extremely experienced. And if nothing else, they can provide some uh, moral support in the times that I need it. Yeah, and I think that's another good reason why interim CFOs are deserving of uh, bonuses if uh, targets are reached like acquisitions are done. Yes. That can be all time consuming in the month or two before a deal closes. Um, 
the interim CFO is working 16 hours a day in some yeah. cases. There's no time to handle other clients. Um, so I suppose if I was the owner looking to hire an interim CFO, I think a fair question would be, you know, Earl, it's perfectly fair and understandable that you have a couple clients, you, you have to run your own business. Um, but I would like to know what stage you are in those client um, endeavors. You know, um, it wouldn't work if you're uh, closing two other deals at the same time I need you to close my deal. If you're in the very, very early stages, that's fine. If you're, you know, at the very end, you're just doing the wiring instructions, um, that's okay, but I can't hire somebody that has two other deals that are in the heat of uh, due diligence. Right, and and I think it's of um, it's my responsibility in that case to let you know as the CEO that here are my responsibilities in this situation, and this is what I'm I'm willing to do is that going to work for you? And I think it's important to have, you have to have that discussion um, in a situation where a great deal of time is gonna be demanded. Okay. Do uh, interim CFOs typically carry their own liability insurance? I have, and right now I'm not, but I yes, I have E&O, which, is, um, is, is rather broad and fluid, but it's, it's not the heavy, it's not the heavy, um, and I forget the, the, I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the other insurance, um, but it has to do with fraud and all of that. I don't, I've never had that level of insurance, but the E&O I have. Okay. And then, um... What levels of authority to sign do interim CFOs have? How do you work that? For, for me, I prefer to stay on a consulting level where I provide, I may put everything together, but the CEO takes care of signing. Um, I, I do have a couple of situations that I've worked with where I've taken on the signing responsibility as well. And they're kind of unique and I wouldn't recommend that. Um, or if you do that as an interim or part-time CFO, you've got to have that six months, a year, year and a half of trust built with the CEO before that's going to work, because you can't come in uh, in a month, two months, and expect to uh, be in a in a real officer position with the company where you have signing authority. Yeah. So again, that's another reason why it makes sense to uh, retain an interim CFO early on. Yes. Um, you know, the situation could be uh, that the CEO doesn't like anything to do with legal issues or finance issues. The, the CEO might be more of a manufacturing or marketing or you know that type of person who wants to run the business. And it may be better to have them run the business and pay you uh, some money. Uh, overall, it could be more profitable that way. 
or the CEO could realize that he's sick and he's going to need more and more medical treatment in the months ahead. He just doesn't have the strength or time uh, to make all these decisions. So um, both the CEO and CFO would want to feel comfortable with each other, you know, in those in those situations. Um, so, yeah. Yes, I, I was going to say, um, kind of going back to the first part of what we were talking about, um, the idea of bringing in someone to assist, um, it really is pinned to the idea of what kind of an exit, what is it that I want to do ultimately? And then that exit point and timing and the, the, the volume of the transaction will all fall into place as long as the CEO understands what he wants right from the, right from the beginning of the process. And I say that because of a couple of experiences that I've been told about by my associate CFO, where it was a group of three brothers and everybody was in agreement on selling, but they weren't in agreement when it came down to the details. And so it, those things need to be worked out in the very beginning with how we want to exit and what that means to each of us if, if there's multiple shareholders. So yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that's extremely important um, to give the CFO direction in that area and for the CFO to help pull that information out of the CEO if necessary. Um, are there any unexpected ways that an interim CFO can add value? Oh, there's a multiple of ways. Um, yes, the, you, you just, don't know fully what the problems are until you're there and you spend weeks, maybe months with a company to understand their issues. And, and one example that I had is um, I was with one client for probably close to two years at that point, and I gave them a report that was totally different, I think, from what they kind of expected to get. And the reason it was different is we talked about the books and taxes and, and, and all of the financial stuff related to the business. But I hadn't really talked to them about operations. And I was writing a report to the CEO that was meant to give some insight as to what I thought problems were. And I focused on operations and what certain people who were responsible for revenue generation, what they did, how they did it, and how, they, how we then processed their, their time, what bonus structure they had, so it was compensation issue, and how we brought all that together from a reporting standpoint. And I, I think that's an example of 
how uh, an interim or part-time or, or regular CFO for that matter can be of real benefit to a company to understand every facet of it. Yeah, um, I think uh, in a lot of cases, interim CFOs can pay for themselves. Um, you know, I know from working with small businesses and, and my business is a small business that uh, it's very easy to make mistakes. It's very easy to get double charged uh, from vendors. Sometimes they have like a direct access to your bank account and then they send you another invoice in the mail. And if you're not careful, you can end up paying twice. And um, sometimes you forget to send an invoice. You know, you're busy, right. you're just understaffed and, uh, you know, those kinds of things happen. I think um, having a good CFO can catch a lot of that. They um, provide some adult supervision. You know, people may be a little bit aggressive with expense accounts and so forth. And the CFO, just the presence of a CFO can cause people to think twice about the accuracy of, of those things. And, um, you know, just getting a little bit better terms on loans um, you know, a little bit better structure on making acquisitions or, or selling the company. Um, you know, those kinds of levers uh, can be very valuable and can cause the CEO to realize a return on the uh, investment they make on an interim CFO. Um, any final war stories you'd like to tell us? Well, yeah, it kind of ties into what you were just saying just to have um, adult supervision, if we can use that expression. Um, I was a um, offsite controller for a company. Um, the fellow that started it had been in private equity and um, it, it, just an amazing life. We won't get into his life at this point, but, but just an amazing background. And he decided that he was going to start a manufacturing facility in North Carolina, and he was gonna build furniture there. It seemed like the big manufacturers were moving out. He bought uh, what had been 15, $20 million building and the equipment and all of that for a very cheap price and started manufacturing. So he asked me, because I'd worked with him on a couple of projects, to, um, to be his offsite controller. And so I did that for, I forget now, is two or three or four years. Anyway, at the point, I, I, I said, Mike, I can't do this anymore. I know it's not a tremendous amount of time, but I've committed to something else, and I can't you know, continue. And so um, within about three months, he had an employee steal 300,000. It was just having me in this case, having someone to watch things that prevented that earlier. And I always feel bad, like, I, you know, I should have done something, but but that is so true. Just to have somebody around to watch is so important. Yeah, just as an anecdote, uh, in India, it's common for um, venture capitalists to insist that 
if we make an investment in this early stage company, that you have to have a retired general or a retired colonel um, be on the board uh, or you know somewhat involved, you know, basically adult supervision. Right. Um, it's very common to have a former military uh, man uh, on on uh, the, the team of an early stage company in India. Um, well, anyway, I know you're a busy man and we don't want to take up too much of your time, but I think we made the point that um, it is very important uh, for companies to consider hiring interim CFOs, especially if they're contemplating a transaction in the near future. Um, in many cases, the uh, interim CFO will, will pay for himself. Um, and uh, Earl and I are uh, working on a, a deal now, and uh, it's great working with Earl. He, uh, he's very clear about what, what he can do and he delivers. So um, uh, Earl's a good place to, to start when you're looking for a, a interim CFO. So Earl Hopper, thank you very much for speaking to us. Oh, thank you.